Hey guys, and welcome to another Tells podcast. Today, I'm going to be taking you through what a recession is and tying in some real life examples with the Australian economy on the impacts that a recession has had through the COVID period. So we've written a blog recently about this, which you are able to find on our Essential Life Skills website, www.theessentiallifeskills.com, or equally you can check out a few videos we've put up on our Instagram. But if you're willing to listen for the next 20 to 25 minutes, I'm going to break down this concept in even further detail, which I hope will be informative for those that don't really understand what's happening with the stimulus packages that we're providing at the moment, uh, the reasoning behind them, and what a recession is and, and what impact it can have on our economy. So to start off with, I'll just briefly explain what a recession is. So the formal definition of a recession is when an economy demonstrates negative growth for two consecutive quarters, i.e. six months. So uh, there's a term known as GDP, also known as gross domestic product, and think of it as the total amount of revenue that an economy makes. So the GDP is the total amount of revenue that Australia makes uh, on a quarterly, monthly, whatever basis. Now, if we don't make a revenue, so we make a loss for two consecutive quarters or six months, we are considered to be in a recession. Um, A recession is a scary word because it can have significant impacts on the strength of the economy, the global strength of the economy, but can also have uh, ramifications at a more granular level uh, with employees losing or people losing their jobs and the economy faltering altogether. So it is scary and uh, the reason why I bring it up right now is that we are formally in a recession in Australia um, at the moment due to the impacts of COVID Um, and I thought it was a a good time to explain why the government is doing what they're doing throughout this period to try to mitigate the impacts of a recession. So... (sighs) The only weird thing with this recession is that it's entirely different to anything we've seen before. So a recession is generally driven by significant economic impacts, i.e. a stock market crash or poor business practices, and can take an extremely long period to recover or come back from. But the recession that we're in at the moment is very different because we couldn't have controlled it. Uh, businesses could have operated... Um, well, they, even if they operated in a different manner, uh, th- this was unforeseen. We, we really didn't know it was coming and it was driven by a health impact. This health impact isn't expected to have long-term uh, ramifications. So the economy, I suppose businesses are all, all, are all optimistic that once we get rid of COVID as a disease, uh, businesses will go back to normal. Or once we stabilize COVID, businesses will go back to normal. So whilst we are in a recession at the moment, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. uh, And that's why I think the government has been so willing to uh, take their wallet out and ultimately provide a number of stimulus packages to soften the blow of uh, the impacts of a recession. So that's probably a good segue to explain a little bit what economic impacts recessions have. 
this is Economics 101, and I'll try to break these concepts down a little bit, but there's a number of economic impacts that recessions have, and all of these impacts are, are negative. So I'll, I'll start off with um, the, the first one, impact number one, which is lower consumer spending. So as I explained before, if we are having negative growth in our economy, that's generally due to people spending less. And there can be a number of reasons behind this, but it's usually firstly due to speculation, but secondly due to the fact that people want to start saving money because they're scared of what's to come. Um, So as the economy starts to slow, consumers worry that they may lose their job and they subsequently stop spending as much money as they usually would. They they want to have savings just in case for that rainy day, just in case they lose their job, or um, just in case they don't have as much disposable income in the future, so they want to make sure they're protected for that. As a subsequent impact of that, uh, impact number two occurs, which is a decline in the business revenue. So if our consumers aren't spending as much as they historically have done, what that's going to lead to is less spend on businesses. Makes sense. Uh, Your consumers are your customers. If they're scared to spend, businesses are going to have less revenue. That then leads on to impact number three. If businesses have less revenue, how do they pay their employees? Uh, This leads to lower wages and equally lower income for people that were working. So they may be laid off, they may have to go on to unemployment benefits, or their shifts could be reduced. So they may have been working 40 hours a week and they're cut down to 30 hours a week or 20 hours a week. And we've seen this quite a lot through COVID. There's a number of workplaces that have either had to let people go or they've had to cut back down the hours that even full-time workers were working. So I've heard of a lot of businesses that go into four-hour work weeks. Um, What happens when wages decline and income declines? The unemployment rate goes up. Um, So if business revenue is declining, uh, you can't pay your workers and and you may have to let some workers go. And this leads to an increase in unemployment. Um, Businesses won't be able to afford to keep on their workers. And this puts a higher burden on our our government. So think about... uh, 100,000 people being laid off through COVID, that means that those 100,000 people are now going to have to be paid by the government via our uh, government unemployment benefits, or also known as the Dole, or or what we commonly refer to as Centrelink. So uh, it's a cyclical impact. Uh, Declining consumer spending has impacts on business, business then uh, lets go of staff, and then that has an impact on our unemployment rates. The other couple of impacts that uh, a recession has is around, firstly, innovation. Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that one for now. The final impact that I think is relevant is the increased loan defaults from a mortgage repayment perspective or someone that has to pay rent. So think around if you lose your job, so the increase in unemployment, those people may not have the, the money to pay their mortgage or to pay rent anymore. And so another impact of lower consumer spending, 
leads to declining business revenue, leads to increasing unemployment, and that subsequently leads to increased loan defaults, uh, which means people can't pay their mortgages. What does that mean? Well, the banks then aren't receiving their revenue, and if the banks don't receive revenue from mortgages, uh, the mortgages may default, and then the whole economic system ultimately crashes because our big our banks, um, I think the stat I've seen is they have a market capitalization of around 60% of the ASX, our four big banks. And so we heavily rely on them to be operational and functional. And uh, they heavily rely on people being able to pay their mortgages back so they can continue their loan repayments. So as you can see, it's a slippery slope. Uh, it's a snowball effect. If one thing occurs, uh, it can ramp up to have dire impacts on our economy overall. The final impact that I'll touch on, which I uh, skimmed over before, is the declining amount of innovation and entrepreneurship that occurs in a recession. So I'm quite entrepreneurial myself, but I'm not too keen to start up a business or quit my other job in a recession. Why? Because I know that people aren't spending at the moment, so why would I start a new business uh, to try to sell things to customers? And equally, if this business fails, I'm not too sure if I'm going to be able to get a job back in the corporate world. So entrepreneurs and innovation tends to slow through a recession because people are scared of, of what's going to happen. So if these impacts are left to their own accord through a recession, as I've touched on before, there's going to be a snowball effect which can have significant lasting impacts on the economy. But that's why we have a government. Uh, the government generally tries to leave the economy alone as much as it can. Uh, it's known as a market economy where supply and demand are usually the two driving factors of how an economy operates. However, there are times where the economy will get involved with uh, what's known as monetary policy, uh, which dictates the level of spending or the level of tax that a government applies to an economy. And whilst we all complain that the government probably taxes us too much, the reason why they tax us uh, a lot throughout the good times is to ensure that we're uh, adequately protected in the negative times. So... At the moment, the government has stepped in because they know that a recession has dire impacts to an economy. And so what they're going to do and what they have done is stepped in with a number of stimulus packages that helps to mitigate the snowball effect of a recession. So just imagine the snowball to be um, the size of a baseball at the moment. The potential impact is that the snowball could become the size of the moon and um, that's probably a, a hyperbole but it could be extremely large but what the government is trying to do is to implement a number of stimulus packages so the snowball only gets as large as a rugby league ball uh, not a beach ball for example so the stimulus packages tries to curb the effect of a recession so um, the, the next question that I'll go into, and this ties into the impacts of a recession, is how does a give government stimulus package mitigate, mitigate the impact of a recession? 
And to explain this concept, I'm going to use the real-life examples of the stimulus packages that the Australian government have provided throughout COVID-19. Um, but before I get into that, I just want to explain what a stimulus package is. So you'll probably hear a number of terms um, that relate to what a stimulus package is. It's sometimes referred to as a fiscal package or a fiscal stimulus. And what it is, is a package of economic measures put together by a government to stimulate growth in an economy which is not currently growing. Uh, stimulus packages aren't used all the time. They're only implemented on rare occasions when it's evident that no intervention at all will lead to significantly negative consequences for the country as a whole. So I touched on it before, they usually allow supply and demand to dictate how the economy operates. But if shit hits the fan, uh, the government will generally get involved to ensure that the economy remains stable because there's quite severe impacts at a micro level, so at an individual level, and at a macro level uh, when we talk around the competitive of our, competitiveness of our economy compared to other economies globally. Uh, that would occur if the government doesn't intervene. So I'll try to use an analogy just to explain this a little bit. Uh, I hope everyone recalls the term saving it for a rainy day. Um, a stimulus package is the money that the governments have saved for a rainy day, which is known as a surplus. This enables them to supplement the economy at times of need, i.e. when a recession hits because all businesses need to shut down due to COVID. So I won't go into what a surplus uh, is a whole lot, but when we get annoyed at the government for taking money off us uh, through taxes and stuff like that, the reason why they're doing it is to try to create a cash buffer at, at the highest level to ensure that we're stable through times like these. So yes, I get annoyed when I get taxed extremely high rates, but I'm also extremely thankful and I'm sure people that have lost their job or have benefited from JobKeeper are also extremely thankful that our economy was or our government was in a really good position once COVID hit. So now, what stimulus packages were provided by the Australian government? Um, when I had a look at this, it really made sense to me as to why the government has provided the stimulus packages or package that they have collectively. They really understood the impacts of a recession and have provided stimulus um, in different areas of the economy to try to mitigate those impacts. So, uh, the first one, Job Seeker. So, Job Seeker is what has historically been referred to as the unemployment benefit, the dole, or Centrelink payment. And the first thing that the government did was increase the fortnightly unemployment benefit from $565 a fortnight to $1,115 a fortnight, a $550 increase. Now, that's pretty substantial and pretty impressive by the government to do so. Why did they do this? It's to mitigate the impact of what I referred to before, reduce consumer spending and decline in business revenue, as those unemployed would now have more disposable income to spend. So I'll get into this a little bit later, but what they tried to do was provide those that were going on to unemployment or that were already on unemployment benefits with more money so they could use that additional money to either pay off um, 
their mortgages and rent repayments, but equally to stimulate the economy by spending it uh, on businesses and to ensure that consumer spending didn't decline as much as it may have if we didn't stimulate the economy. Um, initiative two by the government was JobKeeper. So JobKeeper is a another stimulus package which allowed businesses to keep on employees even if they couldn't afford to do so. So the government subsidised wages by providing a $1,500 fortnight payment to all eligible employees. So just to break this down a little bit, uh, imagine your corner store that... Uh, actually, imagine... McDonald's is a large multinational, but I'll I'll use it as an example. So uh, they have some employees that were working 20 hours a week um, and they had to shut down some stores because COVID had a subsequent impact on their operations. What the government has said is that no, uh, we... So because they've shut down their stores... What this means is that they're probably going to have to lay off the employees that worked in these stores because they can't afford to keep paying their employees if the business revenue isn't coming through. What the government has said is, okay, we understand that you can't operate. Uh, Cafes is probably a good example, but we don't want you to let go of all of your employees. The reasoning behind this is because uh, it would increase unemployment rates uh, to a substantial level, which has impacts down the track but equally it's just much easier if businesses are able to retain their employees there's less admin um, it's less burdensome on both the employer and the employee to bring new people on and there's probably a lot of intellectual property within businesses that can be retained if you're able to keep these people on so the government has said through the job keeper initiative that we will provide $1,500 a fortnight to any employee that you can't pay um, as long as you can prove that your business revenue has declined by 30%. So what has this mitigated? What impact has this mitigated? Um, it's allowed unemployment rates to remain stable. Uh, it's also mitigated the impact of reduced consumer spending because employees were able to retain their jobs and potentially earn more than what they were earning pre-COVID. So there's a stat that's being thrown around that 25% of people on JobKeeper were actually earning $550 more a fortnight than what they would have been receiving uh, prior to JobKeeper coming in. I'll talk about that a little bit uh, later, but that was strategic by the government and it's actually quite a smart move. The next stimulus that the government have provided was early access to ten thousand up to ten thousand dollars of your superannuation. So this stimulus package allowed individuals who had been adversely impacted by COVID, i.e., those that had lost their job or who had significant loss of income, to access up to ten thousand dollars of their superannuation early. Now they're out ten thousand dollars when they don't need it, maybe to get pierced or have a party. But what this has also done is it's allowed more money to float around in the economy. So it's mitigated the impact of reduced consumer spending. Um, It's allowed people to spend more on on businesses and uh, buy more consumer goods and services because there's more disposable cash that they have available to to them. So again, uh, at a 
at a micro level, maybe people are abusing this, but at a macro level, it's allowed people to have disposable cash and, and not be as worried as they might have initially feared that they wouldn't have any money to pay off their mortgage, rent repayments, or to even buy goods that they wouldn't have done before. Um, the the fourth stimulus that has been applied to the economy, and this wasn't done directly by the government, it was done more so by um, the big banks, which I think is socially responsible and equally probably smart for their top-line business revenue. The banks, the four big banks decided to put mortgage repayments on hold throughout the COVID period, and they continue to put them on hold for specific customers at the moment. And they, the reason why they did this is they recognise that these are unique circumstances. Uh, the reason why the economy has faltered isn't because of poor business practices or uh, shit decisions. It's more so due to a, a um, health impact that was unprecedented and something that we should be able to get through together. So what has this mitigated? It's mitigated the impact of increased loan defaults. So you recall that I touched on uh, a big risk of any recession is that people can't pay or repay their loans. What or the gov- the big banks have put loan repayments on hold, which ensures that individuals can repay their uh, pause their repayments for three to six months, and catching up on their loan over the life of the loan, which generally goes for 25 to 30 years. Uh, So this increases consumer confidence again. It ensures that um, there's not a whole lot of people defaulting on their loans, which is a a large reason why we had a severe recession in 2008. People couldn't afford to pay their loan repayments. So the the banks have learned from that and have uh, applied a pausing period for those who need it, just so we don't have a, a large amount of people defaulting on their loans. The, the final uh, stimulus package that have been provided, I think this was at a state government level, but I th- the federal government might have been involved as well, is free TAFE courses. So I'm hoping a lot of you saw and took advantage of the free TAFE courses that were being offered online. And I'm not too sure if they're still being offered. But the the thinking behind these TAFE courses is that it would upskill the population. So yes, a lot of people have probably lost their job. A lot of businesses have cut the fat, so have cut inefficient workers or those workers that they don't really see as valuable. Um, and what these TAFE courses are designed to do is to provide those that may not have the right skills right now with the right skills. So there was one on how to build a website, there was one on digital marketing, there was one on uh, data analysis, all really useful and tangible skills in this day and age that you can bring into a corporate environment. So this mitigated the impact of what I touched on at the start regarding reduced innovation and entrepreneurship. So people are scared to um, innovate at the moment, but equally maybe they're not skilled enough to do so. If the government and what they've done is provided free courses that allows them to learn these skills, it's going to get people uh, thinking around things differently. It's going to thought provoke 
certain business ideas or skills that they're able to leverage to make money from. So a really smart initiative by the government to kickstart innovation and entrepreneurship again. So there's been a whole lot of money spent. Um, I think the last time I read it's around $600 billion that the government will spend uh, across the COVID period to stimulate the economy, which is bloody huge. Uh, have these stimulus packages worked or will they work? I won't answer the second question because I don't really know what the long-term economic um, outlook looks like and no one can really uh, predict that right now. However, as I'm speaking, which is the 19th of August um, in 2020, the stimulus packages that the Australian government have provided have been extremely effective. So there's two stats that demonstrate the effectiveness of these stimulus packages to date. Stat number one, about a quarter of recipients of JobKeeper earned more money under JobKeeper than they did pre-COVID by an average of $550 a night. So the average cafe worker that works 20 hours a week and gets Uh, $1,000 a fortnight through JobKeeper is now getting $1,500 a fortnight. Now, to some, that might seem unfair, but think about it this way. If you have $500 extra in your pocket per fortnight, what are you going to do with it? Yeah, you may spend some money on or, or stick some money in savings for a rainy day, but I find it very hard to believe that you're going to save all of that money. So a proportion of that money is going to be spent. And where is it going to be spent? Back into the economy. What does that do? It stimulates the economy. It increases consumer spending, which increases business revenue, which means businesses have to employ more people, uh, which means people can pay their rent and their mortgages off. And it creates a, a cyclical, uh, or a snowball, but a positive snowball. So uh, people, the economy is then re-kickstarts uh, again. So I think that was a very smart move by the the government. They've, they've tightened JobKeeper and JobSeeker payments um, in alignment with COVID dwind- or starting to dwindle or decline, which again um, is quite smart, but... How do I summarize this? The the government has intentionally provided certain individuals and uh, probably low socioeconomic individuals with more income because they know that they're going to spend that income back into the economy, which is going to boost the economy and re-kickstart it. Stat number two. Um, in July... Credit and debit card spending increased by 9.8% compared to the same time in the previous year. So let's just break this down a little bit. This time last year, there was no economic impacts. Um, There was no COVID and our economy was going very well. There, uh, the stock market was at nearly all time highs and we'd seen sustained growth in the economy uh, probably for nearly or maybe over 10 years. Yet this July, in the middle of a recession and in the middle of a health crisis, 
credit and debit card spending has increased by 9.8%. So that doesn't factor in cash, and I think we have to acknowledge that uh, the people or less people are spending cash now. However, I think that would only account for 2 to 3% of, of this increase. So let's just say it's 6 to 7%. Uh, as At an overall economy level, there's 67% increase in spending compared to this time last year. Let's think around why that has occurred. We know that unemployment levels have increased. Uh, equally, we know that a lot of... Uh, businesses have shut down, uh, cafes, restaurants, and things of that kind. So how is the economy spending more? It has to be attributed to the number of stimulus packages that have been provided. Those that are unemployed are receiving more money than they have historically. Those that have been uh, kept on by their employer are reaping the benefits of JobKeeper, which is potentially giving them more money than what they have uh, been receiving prior to JobKeeper. Early access to superannuation, $10,000, is allowing people to spend uh, and make purchases that they may not have been able to make historically. And rent and mortgage repayments are on hold. So uh, I personally, if I was in this situation, probably would have decided not to pay my mortgage or rent, especially mortgage repayments for the last couple of months because it would have allowed me to have a safety net of money uh, just in case the COVID period extended for 6 to 12 months. So that's where I think the light bulb um, kind of switched on for me. it really clicked in my mind as to why we provide these stimulus packages. We can see that it's had a really positive impact on the economy. And and when people read that the economy is growing, that increases consumer confidence. And people think, oh, maybe COVID isn't as bad as it is. Uh, Is it a facade? Is it a bubble? Potentially, I think there are going to be some longer term impacts of COVID, especially when stimulus packages run out. But for now, it's really good signs that the economy hasn't slowed too dramatically, especially in July, uh, which is kudos to the stimulus packages that we've provided. So the last um, disclaimer I'll give is there's always going to be arguments around who the government should be providing stimulus packages to, but it's really hard to to dispute seeing those facts that the current stimulus packages is not having a positive impact on consumer spending. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that the stimulus packages have worked extremely well and the roll-on effects of this increased spending will ultimately lead to increased employment and higher business revenues or at the absolute least sustainable declines uh, which is what you want. You don't want unemployment rates plummeting 10% in a month which we've recently seen in the UK. You you want to try to stabilise things as much as possible. So I won't keep you all for too much longer, but there's, there's two other questions uh, that I commonly get asked and I, I'd like to answer. The first one is, how long can the government continue to provide stimulus to the economy? It's, it's a really good question, and it's important to remember that the government doesn't have an endless supply of cash. It will eventually run out. And I've done some research, and it's very uncommon for government stimulus packages to last for longer than a year. This is generally because it becomes unsustainable for governments to continually subsidise the economy, 
and the economy actually starts to become reliant on it. So if you think around uh, the manufacturing, car manufacturing industry in Australia, that was subsidized for who knows how long, over 20 years. And what happened is eventually the industry becomes so unsustainable or so ineffective that it had to be offshored. Um, and um, I think the government is, or what they will have to acknowledge is that people will start to become reliant on JobKeeper and JobSeek and will build a lifestyle around those stimulus payments that may not be appropriate if they um, dwindle. So the the stimulus package will only be effective for a, a period of time that I foresee would be within the realm of six to 12 months. Um, the reason why we can provide a stimulus package for six to 12 months is that we were in a really good debt position prior to COVID. And what I mean by this is that the Australian government did not owe a large proportion of money for recent investments they had made into the economy. And um, the country as a whole was in a a really stable financial position and, and that's kudos to both governments over the last 10 years really focusing on uh, ensuring that we got back to surplus so we had sufficient funds to provide stimulus packages if they needed to occur. Uh, I'm not going to go into GDP to debt ratios a whole lot in this podcast but um, it, it is in I do talk to these in my blog and the reason why I don't think uh, we're in too much trouble by providing these stimulus packages is that firstly we had a really good GDP to debt ratio prior to coming into the COVID period and secondly the interest rates that we need to use to pay off the money that the government is borrowing is extremely low at the moment so our cash rate is at 0.25% which is an all-time low or a low for quite a long period um, and that will allow the government to pay off their debt over a long period of time without having to pay a lot of interest on top of that debt so think around um, your mortgage repayments if your mortgage repayments had an interest rate of 10%, you'd be a little bit more worried because you know you have to pay a lot of interest on top of your mortgage repayments. But if your mortgage repayments had an interest rate of 0.25%, uh, you're not as worried about how quickly you have to pay off that debt because the interest associated doesn't become unsustainable. Cool. The final question uh, that I'll answer is, what long-term consequences will the government stimulus package have? Uh, I've written here in my blog, the longer COVID goes for, the larger the impact it will have on our government moving forward. And that's that's true. Uh, to my point before, you can't always borrow money and expect that it's going to be okay. So the government doesn't have an endless supply of cash. They are borrowing this money from somewhere, and so they need to be cognizant of this and make sure that they pay it off in a timely manner. So how does the government pay off debt? There's ultimately two ways that the government can pay off debt. And think... um, To explain this concept, I think... Oh, the way it clicked for me is 
you have to realize how the government earns money. The government doesn't have a business that they make money from. The way that they make money is via us, the taxpayers. And so they um, receive a whole lot of taxes from individuals, companies, and a number of other taxes that they charge that allows them to invest or provide government spending or or stimulus back into the economy. So with that being acknowledged, there's two ways that a government is able to pay off debt. The first one is by reducing government spending. So you've probably heard of every year the government comes out with a budget that they intend to spend their money on. And just say they have, uh, they make a hundred million dollars from taxpayers every year. They may have a budget to spend $120 million on investments in the next year. And when I talk about investments, these are public investments. So it may be on schools, it may be on property, uh, it may be on infrastructure, it may be on our health system. The So they've received $100 million, they are spending $120 million on, on investments. That's when the economy is going well. They know they can make that money up. But when the economy is a bit tighter and when they've just spent $800 billion or $600 billion on stimulus packages, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to be a bit tight on how they invest. So you may notice over the next few years, uh, our government may not invest as much into the healthcare system or they may not invest it as much into roads or into transport or stuff like that. Uh, so that's one economic impact and um I suppose, social impact that government stimulus packages have. They have to try to make the money uh, from somewhere over an elongated period of time. So instead of spending $120 million and putting us in deficit of $20 million, they may only spend $80 million and make profit of $20 million, which will allow them to pay off the, the deficit that they've just put us into through this stimulus package. The second way is the opposite. So the second way that the government can uh, make money is by increasing the taxes. So whether it's company tax or individual tax. So there's a lot of arguments out there. Oh, we've spent a whole lot of stimulus. Now it's going to hurt future generations because they're going to be taxed higher. Yeah, I I get that. And there is um, potentially cause for concern uh, around this. So they may increase tax percentages over the next five to ten years to try to uh, take get back some of the stimulus that they've injected into the economy however i don't think we're going to see massive increases so someone that gets taxed 30 cents per dollar right now isn't going to get taxed 50 cents per dollar over the next year they will do this over a sustainable period of time because they understand the economic impacts um, and the individual impacts that something like this can have so to summarize what I've written here is whilst the stimulus packages provided today will ultimately have an impact on future generations, we trust that future governments will be able to handle the debt repayment over a lengthened period of time, ensuring that consumers aren't impacted too severely with extremely high tax rates. It, all in all, I think the government's done the right thing. They really needed to stimulate the economy. Uh, We weren't in a really bad debt position prior to COVID, which allowed the government to be quite free with their spending. And I think they'll be strategic with the way that they get 
claw back that money over the next five to ten years so it, it doesn't have a dire consequence on the, the economy as a whole so that's all um, i'm hoping that was informative for at least one person uh, if you have any questions do reach out i'm learning about this stuff as we go and i'm more than happy to learn together uh, if you've got any suggestions for anything else we should cover reach out to me leave us a comment send us a message uh, check us out on facebook instagram or check our website out and we will speak to you all soon for another podcast thanks guys